This is Tyler Yonke with Chris Flower. Stage one of the Amgen Tour of California has just concluded. We've got sat through the press conference. We did some interviews this morning. Chris, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, this is a flat stage. We walked around a lot. It's sunny. I feel, I think I'm more tired than the cyclists. So I don't know how they do seven stages of media coverage. Those well, media pros are pros. And you've got, you've got some used, uh, or some pizza in the back seat. So you're ready. I'm ready for a protein refill. Right. Let's break this down. 140 some kilometers. Uh, they go out towards winters from Sacramento, come back, do a few laps around the capital, and great weather and sprint. So we knew it was going to be a sprint. Right. And we got a sprint. Yes. And we got a breakaway early on. They had like a minute 20 is about the most I saw of a, of a lead going through winters. It was around the same. Where they had four guys. Do you remember who there was all in there? We had uh, Tyler Stites from Team USA. Yes. Uh, Char from Team CCC. Char Planet. Yes. Pl- Charles Planet. And he's from Nova Nordis. And uh, you also had... Uh, MC Lorenz de Vries from Astana in there, dropping some beats <laughs> as he did his laps. And and Char, Mickey Char. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For CCC. Okay, so they had a, a gap, and then at some point they do some uh, sprint out in, um, where was that at? It was uh, in Winters. Winters. Looks like Tyler Stites took that, kind of a weird little back and forth about who was going to take it. They're going way too soon. Like yeah. They didn't know what was going on. It looked like Char launched really early, like maybe 800 meters before the sprint, got a few pedal strokes in and maybe realized he was going too early. I don't know what happened there and kind of sat up. And then the guys just took a really short sprint at it, but Stites ended up getting the bonus points there. Right. And then from there, it just seemed a little mixed up. So they go through town and then they're they're heading back. And next thing you know, it's just uh, Planier and Stites. And then as we heard in the uh, press conference interview, which I think I'll, I, I did record, I'll see how the quality is and maybe try to just pipe it in here at the end. Uh, but he was basically saying he sat up, uh, had a conversation with Team Car, sat up on purpose to try to get the young rider's jersey, didn't want to waste his energy. And he was just concerned about holding on, getting, you know, pack fill time. And by virtue of his bonus sprint, he'd, he'd get the, uh, the young rider's jersey, which he was successful in. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So they come down for the sprint. They take a few laps, and you know this this course. We just talked to uh, Mike Sayers off uh, off Mike, and can you just kind of put into context what he was saying about you know this finish? Do you well, remember it well enough. Uh, vaguely. Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is he indicated that a lot of teams get the notion that they need to be on front early. And I think he indicated that it may have been Sunweb was on the front pretty early, kind of burned themselves up and they were nowhere to be seen there with like a half a lap to go. And quick step Dekoinik took it upon themselves to really uh, ramp up the pace with about a half lap to go. So I think uh, the, the general theme there was that, you know, it's, it, you think it's a short circuit, it's three laps, but still that's, that's six plus miles of, of hard, hard riding. And if you're going into those circuits on the front with your whole team, you're, you're probably not going to be doing a good job being there at the end. Right. And when they're doing those circuits, they come around the last corner and then they think the finish line is up there. I see this every year. They come around the last corner and they light it up like it's the last corner of a crit and it's like 800 
meters to almost a K. Right. I mean, they came around there and Quick Step was on the front and a guy starts sprinting. And, you know, actually, Sunweb was up there because they were still in the mix. Uh, that was that Sunweb or Ineos? Because they're difficult well, to tell you each know other what? apart. It, you're right. I, and we'll have to maybe uh, look back at the tape for that. Either way, there was no Jacobson for uh, Dakota Quick Step. Right. And there was a gap that formed. And out of that gap was a con- congregation of these mixed riders' jerseys that we can't tell. But two that we could easily see from the overhead shot was Peter Sagan and Travis McCabe. Right. Travis McCabe, you know, we should have asked. It would have been a dumb question, maybe. But. Uh, what gear he was going as compared to Sagan, because it looked like to me Sagan, now he said he was coming up from behind, carrying a lot of speed, but it looked like he was spinning out more, couldn't do much more than what he was doing, whereas Sagan still was over the pedals a little bit more. Um, bike throw, gets him by half a bike. That means uh, Peter Sagan, that is, with a win, 17th win at the Amgen Tour of California over the years. He did not have a win last year, but he comes out all roses. And Travis McCabe, a brilliant second place uh, pretty impressive. And how did you think about it? Um, we talked to Sayers, and he said, I said, you know, what's on tap for tomorrow? And he's like, doesn't matter. Uh, we, <laughs> we've already won. Basically, you know, they got more than they, they than they expected out of this already after day one. Right. And I think that's that's a phenomenal performance on their part. I mean, they, they've got the young jersey for the moment. Right. And they've got a podium spot with McCabe, which is impressive. We had talked about this a little off mic earlier, is that, you know, the, at first glance, the sprinter core isn't the strongest here. But when you look at McCabe's performance and look at the guys he beat, I mean, that's that's a hell of a result. I mean, he beat Cavendish, Buhani, Walshied, um, Jacobson, Jacobson, uh, Van Poppel. I mean, several guys. So, I mean, that's that's a heck of a result. It's not just a good result in the sense that he got second against uh, a light field. He beat some solid sprinters. Right. And then uh, I was mentioning to you what is actually really impressive too is a stage one uh, is only 140 K. It's not, you know, ripping out their 200 and some K. Uh, you know, it's everyone knows it's going to be a sprint. It was going, it came down to a sprint. All those other riders were expecting it. He wasn't uh, off in a break and, you know, had to beat a few guys that got some time. It was expected to be exactly what it was, and he had to come away with with the goods, and he did. He also mentioned about um, on air about getting respect, and uh, do, you, do you remember his exact comment about having to elbow and and headbutt a little bit? And he said, "Do it with respect" or something like that. I think he said, "Yeah, we'll throw elbows and headbutt to keep people on their line uh, and to get respect, but we'll do it respectfully." Yeah, so it's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I like that. Uh, anyway, great, great results. Okay, any any other takeaways you got from from the action today, which is you know not that exciting, other than it, we get to see a good last you know thirty seconds. No, I, I think it was a fun race. It, it's always cool to see the the circuits here in town. I think one of the challenges is just the um, I, I talked about this earlier. Um, it, it's hard to watch a bike race in Sacramento on television because the tree canopy is so extensive that you don't really get good aerial footage. So you'll you'll see bits and pieces of the finish um and then if they go to like a a fixed camera on the ground it's difficult to see what's going on because of depth of field and whatnot but cool race otherwise but we did get to see the the finish was overhead that was and um you know maybe they forced them to go down the middle of the road so they can be outside the trees yeah it was good stuff uh so the city itself you know look we came down here um it's somewhat accommodating for parking and everything so uh not so bad pretty pretty excited about it all um before the race, we walked around, saw some bikes, uh, saw some, some some riders, actually did 
a little bit of interviewing. It's a little difficult getting in there because they've got their team meetings. We talked to Cole Davis, um, you know, he and, and he's really respectful. He asked his manager, yes, that's fine. We talked to Nielsen Palace. And then afterwards, just now, you know, you're walking and, you know, they're dragging. They had the press conference and then they're, you know, dragging McCabe away quickly. So, you know, you don't want to get in these guys' way. But um, anything you saw or witnessed this morning that was uh, interesting? No, it's just uh, it was cool to see a lot of the riders take time to – um, interact with the fans because uh, I mean it's it's Sunday it's downtown Sacramento so you got a lot of people out that might not get a lot of exposure to right. to bike racing so um, you know we saw Ben King with a lot of people it was right. cool to see him interacting with folks and everybody just seemed really really courteous and polite we talked to a couple of um, either managers or kind of team assistants and everybody was 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 nice so it was, it was a good experience overall right so uh, we posted out an interview with Cole Davis and then an interview with uh, Nilsson Palace, those are separate, so you can take a listen to those. Um, both pretty interesting. Uh, Cole Davis, after we were done with the conversation, uh, really lit up and was. We were talking, and, and look, that's we're just. He's such he's such a nice kid, but he asked me personally how my race season is going, which seemed ridiculous. And I appreciate that he asked, but um, uh, it was kind of a come on, Cole. We we did forget to talk about your third place at the uh, the Chico Circuit race. You could have dropped that in there. <laughs> I could have, yeah. You know, and and you know at Chico, there's only six of us in the field. He doesn't need to know yeah, that. He doesn't need to know that. No, he just needs a podium. Yeah, so we're really happy for him. And then off mic, he was talking about wanting to take Ridge Road, uh, KOM out there on the Coffee Republic ride. So we did mention that to uh, Nielsen, and he lit up once again talking about. You know, I've got comments last year like, "What are you talking about this?" He doesn't care. He cares. It's a big deal. If you ride your bike in the greater Sacramento area, Ridge Road is a it's it's a good test, right? Okay, so tomorrow we have on tap Rancho to South Lake Tahoe. Um, talk to some of those, the, the the Cole and and Nielsen also about that. Um, what do you make of it, especially compared to last year? Um, it'll be an interesting stage. It's nice that it starts uh, relatively close to us again, so we'll be able to go down and check out the start, and we'll go up and see the finish. But um, I think they take the one of the additional climbs out. Last year when they did a stage similar to this, they came around the backside of Heavenly. Um, so I think they're taking that out and going over Luther Pass. They did take it out, yes. Into, into Tahoe. So it seems like last year that was where Bernal lit it up and, and made his attack. So without that this year, you've got Luther Pass, which is is a challenging climb at that point in the stage, but it's not going to be as long as steep. So maybe a bigger group comes together and you've got kind of a reduced field sprint. Um, years past, breaks have stuck this stage. So it'll be interesting. I, I totally disagree. I think it's a two, three, and three category climb. And I think it's in that order. Um, there might be some others, but I think the last three are like that. And then it's a decent run in. However, if you remember the kick up to uh, Heavenly itself was it had a little bit of a sting in it. So it depends on what kind of snap has been left in any of these riders' uh, legs. That can take enough out to to at least make that part kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge climb, but it's it's significant enough to 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 cause some problems. Yeah, and I think it's one. Um, if you look at the stage uh, the day after on Tuesday. Uh, with the added length after Hamilton, it's one where, you know, this stage in Baldy are really the stages I think where where the pure climbers are going to need to make uh, make some some time on the field. So I wouldn't be surprised if some guys really do go 
pretty deep tomorrow to, to get a gap on riders, including the run up to Heavenly, where you can quickly get 10, 15, 20 seconds on somebody. Right. Um, then I will just mention one other thing was uh, Evan Huffman had mentioned in the press conference that he's going for the King of the Mountain jersey. So I think tomorrow is a prime time, which is much like he did last year, take off in the break. Um, this time I think he has a much better chance of, of actually staying away due to the fact that they don't have the last nasty climb that Bernal destroyed everyone on. So I would predict to see him once again out there trying to uh, do slay his demons like he's done before. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's got a good shot at that. Okay. Um, any quick comments on the Giro? Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I only caught bits and pieces of it. I I did see like the last K of the sprint, and as as was pointed out in the press conference here. Uh, Peter win, winning here and Pascal Ackerman winning in the Giro gives uh, Bora two wins today. Uh, it was pretty much a, a straight-up sprint there with some big hitters. You had Gaviria, you had Caleb Ewan, you had Ilya Viviani, and I, I wasn't too familiar with Ackerman, and it was, it was pretty cool to see him uh, take all those guys on and get the win. Yeah, that was impressive as well. Uh, like uh, Roglic takes the lead yesterday in... The um, the prologue, which um, was very impressive uh, to me, it was a very mini version of the Norwegian Norwegian uh, the, when the world was at Norway, uh, you know, flat time trial, boom, then up a climb, and it was uh, anyway, it was interesting to see. And Gerald is over; he's already won it, Chris. That's wire to wire, <laughs> wire to wire, thirty second gap, it's done. All right, um, any last thoughts before we close out? Any other research you you've done there, or little facts you found out today? No, it was um, it was just a, it was a cool stage. It was interesting to see the the final few kilometers shake out there and and how the G or the GC the uh, the lead out trains kind of fell apart, leaving a a scrambly sprint there at the end. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So you had two guys that are kind of in my mind, even on the kind of different levels, known for being able to do sprints um, in kind of chaotic situations. Peter Sagan and Travis McCabe, both, I think, very adept in their own little ways, uh, especially, obviously, Peter is. But I, I don't know if people know this, but Travis kind of the same on the U.S. and the, the Continental Circuit. I mean, he really doesn't always have a, a lead out, and he gets these results all the time. So um, it was, I think it just played into the way it came down. You had two specialists in their in their element. Right, and McCabe even said, you know, he's not used to having a, a proper lead out train, so he's used to surfing wheels. And he also said he wasn't expecting a result on this stage here. He thought right. he would get something more on the Morrow Bay or, or the following day sprint where it's kind of a, a more uphill, challenging drag race of a sprint. So uh, definitely kind of unexpected guys coming to the line uh, given the, the course layout here. Right. And he definitely uh, is one to watch for that. Okay. So we'll be checking in with you tomorrow. Thanks again for checking out the show. And Chris, thank you for showing up. Yep. Bye. Riders for the sprint and uh, I uh, won today. And I'm very happy and uh, also congrats to my teammate, teammate uh, Ackerman. Then uh, he also won today in uh, Giro. Then we have double in the team. It's very nice. Travis, happy birthday. Um, this is a good way to celebrate. Um, talk about how you felt on that last stretch there. Um, Great. I mean, I was in perfect position with 1K to go. It's a long sprint, still slightly uphill with a bit of a headwind usually, but I was on the right wheels following Peter and um, was 
able to open up and have legs, so I'm sad to get second place and represent USA Cycling. Thank you. Cheryl, um, you raced here a few times and you were the most courageous rider back in 2014 and here again. Um, talk about your stage today and, and your strategy. Yeah, it's been a long time since uh, my last race. Because Croatia was cancelled last week. So, yeah, it's, I wanted to be in the breakaway to, like, to restart uh, on the front. It was a really cool day in the front. And, uh, yeah, at the end, I just uh, went solo. I knew it was a massive, massive spin, but I really enjoyed to stay up the front at the end. And, yeah, now I look towards the next stages and I hope to be again in the breakaway. Thank you. And Tyler, we had two great rides today from the U.S. national team. Um, kind of talk about what that means for your team and for, for USA Cycling. Uh, uh, it means a lot for us. It's a huge opportunity that we were given by USA Cycling. And I'm just trying to make the most of this uh, chance, and so I'm in the breakaway and had a good day. Thank you. I'll open it up for questions. Peter, congratulations on the stage win. Tomorrow has a lot of climbing. Um, how important is it for the team to defend the jersey through the rest of the race? I think it's not the easy important. We'll have the other strategy with the maybe competitive or attackman. But uh, it's not necessary tomorrow. Then uh, we will see for sure we are not going to hold it with, uh, with me. Then uh, we will see how it's going tomorrow. Uh, Travis, you're here with the USA Cycling team, uh, which means new teammates, mostly. I know Keegan's here, but mostly it's guys that uh, are not on your training team. How different is it kind of preparing for the sprint? Lead out and all that stuff with uh, guys that you weren't necessarily teammates with. Um, I mean, it worked out. Um, I think, you know, even though we're not on the team now, you know, most of the riders, like I trained with Tyler all the time, he was another Tucson boy, so um, I was riding with him when he was 12 years old, and then so it's not going pretty well. And then same with Miguel, I had to go on the team before. I think for us, it's you know, like Tyler said, it's an opportunity for everyone, and we got to take them when we have them. So I'm kind of used to just floating the field and fighting for it, and today it played out well. So um, I think the team's riding great together. No one's really showing any levels of selfishness. We all know that we're here to represent the United States, and um, we'll all have our chances to get results. So it's kind of, you know, we came together and we meshed right away. You know, it's nothing awkward. It feels uncomfortable riding with these guys. I've had Creed as a director before, and Sayers is phenomenal. So. Uh, Seemed like from day one, everything just kind of clicked. Travis, it looked like you were actually gaining on Peter by the time you got to the line. Did you feel like you just needed a little more road? Yeah, maybe I still doubt that I would be able to I had great legs, yeah. I came with speed. I was a little bit further behind. I think I came from maybe two wheels back from Peter, and um, I. Yeah, I'm happy with second. It doesn't matter where you start the sprint, it just matters where it ends. And, you know, like I said, I'm happy with second. It's a great little birthday present for me and for me as a cycling, so it's good. 
Tyler, can you tell us what the negotiation was or the discussion with the team when you sat up? Uh, yeah, I just decided that since the gap had come down, I wanted to go back to the group to save my energy and just make sure I could stay on the same time and hopefully get the best guy on my other jersey. So that's why I decided to go back. Peter, what does the victory today tell you about your form as you head towards the Tour de France? is far away I think still and uh, my different to spring after 200 kilometers after a lot of climbs and then today after 140 and the road is left uh, we will see day by day here how it's going it's still a lot of stages to try it's uh, gonna be much harder than today uh, we will see there how it's going And Peter, this is your 17th win, stage win here at the Tour of California. What is it about this race, about this state, where you just keep winning, keep keep expanding that, that lead? Uh, I had stopped for one year. <laughs> Last year I didn't win, but... Well, I'm very happy that uh, I could catch another one. And uh, if I can continue like this, then uh, it's going to be nice to have some record here in Tour of California. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Congratulations.